Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me for this week's interview. I am so honored and thrilled to have my friend Ken Hanneman with us today. Ken, I met through Total Life Freedom. He's part of the group there, and we've mentioned Total Life Freedom on the show very many times, and he is an amazing person. I'm so glad to bring him to you today. I'm so excited to get into everything he's learned along his journey from the book he just released that we'll get into, but Ken is an executive leader in the restaurant industry with the responsibility of 700 plus restaurants. In addition to his corporate responsibilities, he is an author, writer, podcast host, and possibility mindset coach. He's the husband to his wife and best friend, Crystal, and they've been together over 20 years. And neither of them has navigated life in the traditional terms. Together, they have marched against social norms and have forged a life well-lived on their own terms, defined through them and away from society labels. He has a real-life, nothing-to-everything story. It's been through his relationships in the many different levels he's held in the corporate career, He's had the ability to reflect on what in life has made him successful. He has met, coached, and observed hundreds, if not thousands of people and their lives and you know different individuals. And he has come to the realization that happiness, purpose, health, and wellness, along with personal and professional success are all the result of mindset and belief system. So Ken, thank you so much. Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide. Thanks, John. Pleasure to be here and excited to talk about life, mindset, goals, business, entrepreneurship. I got my hands in everything. So trying to become a master of all things and not a jack of all trades and being purposeful in what I'm building. But thank you for giving me the time and I'm honored to be here with you. Absolutely. So let's just let's just start there. I would love to, you know, go through your journey. How have you developed this? purpose. You know, I even joked with you when we got on the call, we both got things going on in our business from your W2 world, but your entrepreneurial world and my real estate business and sick kids and sick. And and I asked you how you were and you said, I am staying purposeful and you don't like to say busy. And I just love that. That little nugget is is really something that I think, you know, for realtors out there, I, I told you how I've got so many deals going on right now that I'm juggling all this plates but it's really about shifting my mindset from, oh, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I'm busy. And then, oh, okay, well, where does the conversation go from there? Except, oh, okay, sorry that you're busy, but staying purposeful. Tell me more about that. Yeah, it's one of the biggest things that I love about life is what we're here to do, why we're doing it, what our purpose in life is, what our reason for being is. And it's very easy to say, hey, I run restaurants or, or in the real estate space, you're doing deals, getting deals done for commercial or 
private or homeowner based real estate. It's a lot of things that are going on, but I would ask yourself and everybody who's listening, what's the end all goal for why you're doing it? And most people who have a business, very few of us, I think very few of us get into a business who we say we jump out of bed loving to do each and every single day. Not to say it's not possible, but that's what I've been striving to do over my 20 to 25 years is be purposeful in things that I'm very, very passionate about and align my life to the best of my ability to get out of bed with purpose and take on each day, whatever challenges it brings with the synergy and focus that I know leads me towards my North Star. We can get into that and a whole bunch else around that philosophy, if you will, but life takes on more meaning whenever you know the time that you're spending, the majority of it's going towards a greater good for why you do what you do. And in some cases, maybe very few, it's hard to intersect and overlay all those different things. But I talk about what you're really good at, what you love, what the world or community need is, and can you get paid for doing those things? Mm-hmm. So for me in restaurants, it's it's people. And what I've begun to do is branch that out and bridge that out to see how far I can build that that bridge of impact for people. So that is what being purposeful means. I choose my time and put and put the attention where I know I'm going to have the best return on my investment from a purposeful aspect. So tell me more about that and and approaching people, you know, you're, again you're in the restaurant industry with a very big restaurant. We we discussed in February at the TLF retreat how we were in sort of similar roles, me never in like an executive level like you obviously, but how I spent years in Chick-fil-A and how so many people just were kind of like there, it's a job. But I've seen the way you're passionate about your restaurants and the people you engage with. How have you taken it from, oh, it's just a job to, you know, interact with, and again, you're interacting with a lot of managers, but even like with them, hey, this isn't just a job. This is a purpose. You have something special to do here for our restaurants. How have you kind of sort of, you know, in the W2 life, and we'll get into all the other things you're doing, but in that, how have you shared creating purpose with those people? Thanks for the question. It's it's something that I'm super purposeful about is that I love people. And I think that for me, at least, and how I'll correlate this to real estate, I'll tie it all together here in a second. People in my business where I start, I was ground level. I was entry level minimum wage. And I was told by everybody, good luck making it in that life. You know, good luck flipping burgers, so to speak. Yeah, you're right, right. Yeah. And it's in the book too. I was told that whenever I dropped out of high school and turned down the path that I went towards and people were like, what are you doing with your life? And I think I initially had that chip on my shoulder of, I got to prove myself. But I watched over the the years that I began to prove myself, quote unquote, you know, I saw people who were given that interpretation of, man, the, the fast food world's the last place I want to go. It's just not a yeah. place that I, that I want to be. What purpose do I have other than punching the clock and going home? And I wanted to change that narrative. I was sick and tired of the statistical MO of what the fast food business is. So I got real deep and passionate about, let me help people realize what a life they can have if they want to go after it. And where I'll tie this together from the real estate world is you can look at everything as a transaction. You could look at it as get them all done, make money, take care of my family. And that's that's it. But what if every single deal that you're making, you realize you're impacting people's lives, you're setting them up for the next chapter of their life. And whenever you can correlate and draw in that relatability to who you are, 
why it matters to you and what stories you're going to help people tell as they carve out their new homes and make moves. And we all know I'm a homeowner and I've Mm -hmm. moved, moved around countless times and each place I go is a new story to tell. So I think it's about drawing in what it is you're passionate about in life and how you can tie that into a story that creates more authenticity about who you are and what you're going about trying to do. That for me is how I've set this up and why the the roads of opportunity stay open because all business, it requires some form of people interactions. It's still going to for, for many decades to come, I think. Absolutely. And I love that answer because so often in real estate, I think we see numbers, transactions, numbers, transactions. How many houses have you sold? You know, when you meet someone, you know, a lot of realtors and, you know, a lot of us have coaches or things like that, especially when you start building your business and you're just like swamped. So you're like, okay, I need someone to help me become more efficient. And I just told you how I have a transaction coordinator now. It's so easy to get caught up in the numbers, but realtors out there cannot miss the piece. And I say this on the show, we're not in the house business. We're in the people business. And so it's the same thing in the restaurant industry. You're not in selling a sandwich and fries and a drink or whatever. You're in an experience, right? And if you can, you know, I see it in real estate that if I can improve, right? One of the clients I met recently said, this is a complete 180 in a good way of a different experience I had with my last realtor. That's what it's all about, right? That's what it's all about. And again, there's going to be things that come up along the way, mistakes you make. And we right, we see this in the food service industry. But if you can just change that person's day or impact them in a small way, you are creating, you know, sort of, and I go back to the Chick-fil-A thing, like Chick-fil-A used to call it raving fans, right? And so in our real, in restaurants, in your restaurants, you want people doing such a great job that the customers or guests or whatever come back and say, oh, I had such a great experience with Billy. I want to come back. And the same thing with real estate. We don't sell houses. We do, but it's more than that. If you can just create relationships with people, your business will really grow and thrive. Yeah, I love that entire philosophy. It's it's about being your authentic self and finding a way to become truly humbly authentic in what it is that you do and look at every single transaction as it's the end product of the relationship that you're building, the people connectability that you're forging and really the life impact that's going to serve other people well. And I know we have a mentor in Total Life Freedom, Vincent Puglisi, who's all about Mm -hmm. this wealth of connection. It's a pun that too many people want to do a tongue in cheek with what's in it for me. It really is about trying to serve others first and then look at the byproduct of the currency that's created off of those actions. That's what I think fuels us and keeps us going. So it's kind of a reverse flip of what's the main goal here, connectability, create lifetime raging fans who come back to you and tell stories and then helps your business grow. For me, it's people building. For you, it probably isn't much different. It's it's storytelling and changing lives. And that's how you connect with people for lifetimes and real estate. I still would love to have my real estate agent, Jack was his name from the Reading, Pennsylvania area. Yep. Sell every one of my homes if you yep. could because he was so amazing. I still tell people about him because of how great he was. Yeah, no. And it's so true. You know, I'm only what, two, three years into my real estate career, but I've already had repeat customers, multiple. I've had, you know, a few that have done three deals, a couple that have done two. 
And if you create those relationships with people, imagine 30 years down the road and you've sold every house, you're invited to the weddings, you're invited to holidays. You know, many of my clients have invited me to like the housewarming party. Well, that is amazing to me to be like, oh, you don't, I wasn't, this wasn't just a transaction. We now have a relationship where I'm like a friend or family member to you. And I think that's what we need to do in our businesses to create success. 100%, man. Not enough people realize that or really frame it up with the right points of view first. Unfortunately, they figure it out after they've hit rock bottom or they have to rework their entire life, which is what we're trying to avoid. It's what I want to try to avoid is, hey, we don't have to hit rock bottoms or leave our industries in order to try to accomplish what we want. It's about looking at where that entire train is and at what point you have the driver's seat going full forge ahead in the caboose. And maybe you got to rearrange a few priorities, but it is about really looking back and analyzing what it is that we're doing from that connectability aspect. Yeah, for sure, man. Connectability. I love that. It's very interesting. And I think I've, I've respected you for so long because so many people in your world, you know, you, you've got a great job there. Love your W-2 job. It's not like, you know, and I'm not going to be that guy that says quit your W-2 because you actually love what you do. Right. And we've we just have different feelings about that. And that's fine. But so many people that are in your position, you know, doing well in their W-2 life, having success would never think about writing a book, starting a podcast, helping people. So like what? made you say, well, yeah, but I have more purpose than just do this work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and then clock out and go home. Yeah. It would be very easy for me to do that and just put it on cruise control and continue to collect my W2 paycheck, which is very good, by the way, I, I, I enjoy it, but I've been able to define the fact that I'm not going to be defined by money and material things. I want to work hard, play yeah. hard, have a good life. I want all those things that I think we should appreciate, but I've been able to frame up in my mindset those things don't define me. What does define me is the stories people tell about how I've helped them in life, their careers, their progression. All those things are what really fills my cup. So I want to continue to find ways to do that. And I think as we really become good at understanding what our strengths are, is where we can really peel back the layers and say, how do I prioritize my time in order to have the best impact in my life and business that I possibly can and feel good about all the things that I'm doing. And whenever you look back at your career, I've been doing this 20 to 25 years and it's been very heavily focused on people development. So all I've done is say, who else around me can handle the things that are necessary, more mundane that perhaps they even love so that I'm not overmanaging, overstepping, the business is still moving forward. I've been very open and honest with my employer saying, hey, I'm passionate about these things. Maybe one day there's a full-time job for me and just, just doing that and not just operations. But I'm smart enough to realize that I can continue to build time into my day, week, month, and quarter to be purposeful outside of just driving numbers and build more restaurants and operate them better by getting in touch with this ability to develop more people and carve out more time. It's just making things take off in newer, better, more enlightening ways for me. Even I'm somewhat surprised by the avenues and opportunities that are opening up. So I think it's just constantly to try to answer your question, asking yourself what's important to you. What purpose do you want to fulfill? What stories do you want told after you're no longer here or after you move on from your place of business? And if you can really carve out and be purposeful with your time, you're going to find that flow state to where you can knock out a couple hours of something that you probably would have been 
who knows what doing mindlessly scrolling Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and the other time wasters that I think exist that we almost give ourselves excuses for. People ask me, how do you make time for what you do? Back to your point, very purposefully, I'm going to prioritize people development first. It's probably 70% of what I do, John. And that's why it's easy for me to fit this stuff in. But it starts with, what do you want to be known for? If it's just making a lot of money and having a lot of nice things, at some point, in more often than, than, than not cases, you get to a place of now what? And then you have that hollowness, that emptiness inside, which is what I want people to be able to avoid. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I've thought, I, I feel like this keeps coming up on interviews on my show, which is just amazing. I keep coming back to the word legacy, right? What do I want my legacy to be, right? When I think about my kids, my son, two, who's two and a half, my daughter, or, you know, just turned one in March, I think so much back to what do I want my legacy to be? Right. And we were talking about it. Right. I, I haven't felt good the last few days. We had to postpone. And if if I'm working so hard that I make a ton of money, but am sick because I'm not taking care of myself. Well, that's not really worth it. Right. So what is my legacy? What is worth it to me? And I I respect it so much and learn so much watching what you do, because, again, it, it would be very easy to just be comfortable. But mm-hmm. being comfortable is like, OK, but who do I help? What's my legacy? Who do I impact? And you don't really grow either. And that's something yeah. else I would challenge people to kind of think through is that if you don't stretch yourself, it's human nature to want to get comfortable. I don't fault anybody who is saying, I just want to get to a place and enjoy life. You can do that. I think a lot of people do. But understanding that you're also probably not growing. So again, reassessing what it is you want to accomplish from life and really putting yourself on a personal development plan, if you will. For example, you, you mentioned me starting a podcast, writing a book, mm-hmm. trying to trying to launch a community. A lot of people would say you're crazy because you have a nine to five Monday through Friday job. It's taking a lot of your time. Why would you take this on also? Well, guess what? It's helped me learn, grow, better plan my time. I'm stretching. And the people who are hearing about what I'm doing at my corporate world are like, kudos to you. Keep getting great results for us. But however you're doing this, you're making us all better at the same time too, because you're showing that it can be done. You're pushing yourself for more growth. It's easy to just sit idle and so let it all come to me if it's meant to, but you've got to take action if you want to keep growing, get uncomfortable and find ways to stretch yourself. That's how growth comes to be in life. And I'm all about being a lifelong learner and growing and teaching others to chase their passions. And you'll find out that whenever you have passions, you'll make time for those things. You can't neglect the other things. It's a certain structure that you set up and manage through always keeping it in balance. If I felt that my corporate business was slacking, I'm going to peel off a little bit. Yep. Put some time there. And likewise, no one I can throttle up on the other things. It's just constantly being aware of those types of ebbs and flows, if you will. Yeah, no, I I love it, man. I appreciate it so much. So tell me more, like all these different things, you know, has really led you to ungraduated the book. Mm -hmm. Nobody can see it because this is audio only, but I, I have it here, read it, loved it. Tell me more about what, what led to the book. I mean, there's, you know, one of my favorite chapters in there talks about finding your blind spots, right? And very few authors are like, oh, hey, let's talk about blind spots because it's almost like when you are sort of preaching to everybody else, you're sort of like also preaching to yourself at the same time. Where did the book idea come from? Yeah, just tell us more about all that. It's an interesting story. This all starts with me trying to get healthy one day and knowing how to do it, just making excuses not to and 
really making some tough decisions, some things that I knew that my mindset was holding me back on. So I started to make some changes, started to feel good about those changes, started to put a lot of the beliefs I had known about into practice, stopped just thinking them and wishing for them and really said, let me apply this stuff that I know I know and see what happens. And ultimately, sure as heck, everything started to unfold according to plan. Weight loss came into play on a healthy two pounds per week where I lost 60 pounds over the course of a six month period. And then I just started to say this, this whole COVID thing happened. And I'm like, what can I do to try to put out a positive message in a pretty dark space? And it's a lot of mindset type stuff that takes people a moment to step back and say, more or less, whose life am I living? What story am I walking towards? Who's who's ultimately directing my life, myself or someone else? So one thing I've done a lot in my life, John, and probably not enough people do is take a step back and just reflect. Why am I here? Am I on track? Whose story am I telling? And how do I reassess and re-engage? And when I've really done that over the years, I've had to step back from all kinds of aspects and say, I don't think I've really explored this enough. I think I've really put it into play that, hey, I was taught this. It made sense at the time. So I've adopted it. And a lot of people just kind of go with that flow. So the whole idea of ungraduated came to me one day working out down in my basement gym thinking, I'm going to keep building these bridges of connectability. I want to have a personal brand. What could that personal brand stand for and mean? And in my life, that whole not following according to all the life plans of graduate high school, go to college, get a car, buy a house, have kids. None of that stuff happened for me. I've been a big ask the why question. If I can't find the why, I'm going to make my best theorized truth out of it. And if I can find a better reason, I'm going to adopt that. But I'm always asking questions because that's what I think life, how it really begins for you, for you is to step back and realize what it is you have to change. So the whole idea of ungraduated was, yeah, let's take out a lot of the old programming that's limiting and holding us back. And what can we adopt and teach people can be a great life lesson. And it's not for everyone. You have to have an open mind. A lot of the things I talk about in that book require you to take a really hard look at what it is that you've been told and form your own beliefs. And I don't even say I have them all figured out. We're all a work in progress. So that's where the idea came from. And it it really challenges people to take life on their own terms. You mentioned blind spots. There's a lot of things in life that I believe science and faith people are coming together with, but for whatever reasons why they've been divided. I think they almost intersect and overlay. And I would challenge more people to go explore for themselves. One of the things I respect so much about you and the book, the podcast, everything you're doing is again, and we talked about this briefly before we started recording for the episode is like, you're not necessarily like grabbing onto one belief system and being like, I run with that. Right. And I'm a Christian. We respect each other. And you know, you would consider yourself a person of faith as well, but I do appreciate how much you say, okay, well, why do I believe this? Why is this something we believe? I think even whether or not, yeah, and I'm sure you have listeners all over the board, whether that person is like, uh, like they're a Christian, they follow Jesus or they're not. I still think even taking what you do, you know, things from the Bible, things from other sacred texts is really cool to say, hey, let's examine this, right? Because for me, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, I am like, hey, I can listen to that and even listen to other sacred text. And it's not going to quite like if I believe so hardcore what I do about Jesus, it's not going to waver my faith. It almost like even redevelops it and makes me, you know, understand more 
like why I believe what I believe. But I, but I love that you're asking the questions. That's what I want more people to think about and understand and hear from me right now is dive deeper into it. It's going to increase your faith even more. I think I am very spiritual and yes, I don't, I don't align underneath one particular, any one certain religion, but I very much believe in a higher power. And I think that a lot of the teachings out there were saying a lot of the same things. I think there's been multiple amazing leaders throughout time that we can learn from that. A lot of those great teachers are telling similar stories, but because of a certain doctrine or a certain way of seeing it. And it's okay if you see it that way, but if you haven't fully explored all that that faith has to offer you, there could be things you're missing out on too. And I'll give you one quick example. It's something I'm diving more into now. I haven't even gotten my hands fully around it, but in all of my learnings, I'm hearing of the faith known as the Gnostic faith. That's G-N-O-S-T-I-C. And Allegedly, and I speak to this with ignorance because I haven't delved into it yet, it's Jesus Christ's teachings after his resurrection. And why that wouldn't be in the Bible, I don't know. But just keep in mind, as an open-minded individual, the Bible was written by mankind. The King James Version, for example, was written and approved by King James at the time. Yeah, So King James had a certain depiction of what he thought his fellowship should know at that point in time. Things don't all of a sudden just stop. There's always constant learnings. And if Jesus Christ was a real person, then in spiritual sense, after his resurrection, if people had teachings of that, then then they should be diving more deeper into them. So yes, I take all different walks of life and try to put it together and say, adopt what feels right for you, but at least keep expanding your knowledge. Some people are afraid of that though, because they don't know where to lead them. And I say, embrace that fear. It's going to probably strengthen your faith even more. And if you have some questions coming out of it, you're going to be, I think, drawn into those avenues by your intentions, your prayers, your meditations of wanting truth to find more truth. That's that intention and then take action aspect of mindset works for me in my life. And I find more good in it than I find anything close to being bad. So that's my take on it. No, for sure. I appreciate that so much. And again, I I do appreciate, I think you have a different perspective that a lot of people don't have. And I do think even Christians, even like I need to be more open-minded, right? And that's not bad, right? And again, if my beliefs are so strong, then it will just reaffirm those, not like draw me away from that. So thanks for that. So as we kind of close out our time, you have so much wisdom and I appreciate what you're sharing today. So so for realtors out there that are feeling frustrated, lonely, feeling like they're on this journey, like on an island all by themselves, what would you say to someone like that? I would give them my own advice that I've put into practice the last couple of years, especially. And that's be okay being uncomfortable or phrased differently be okay being the puzzle piece that doesn't fit. How can you reinvent what it is that you do? And I'm sometimes on an island too. Sometimes as you work through what I call the ungraduation process, people fall out of your life. All of a sudden you may have people who only see things one way and they think that you're going down a dark path or a different path and they don't want to be a part of your tribe. I've become okay with that. And I would tell realtors out there who are listening, who are passionate about what they do, You don't have to go with the flow. You can go against the grain. It takes more courage to go against the grain. So I think the best outliers in life, those who really make the most of opportunity, they look at how can I go against the grain? How can I disrupt in a positive way? 
So if you want to make a big impact, a big splash, you don't got to do anything dramatic and drastic. Just look at, hey, what's a different way I can approach this and challenge your mindset to always be thinking a different way. What's a different way. And then all of a sudden you're going to see those opportunities come in front of you. I think you still have free will choice to say you're going to take and travel down those avenues or choose not to just challenge your mindset. What can you do differently? And then if you're going to take action, realize not everyone's going to agree with it. You're going to have to stay strong with thick skin because that's how people enact really great change. I love that. And it's so interesting, you know, in, in March on the podcast, I shared my story from the W2 life and you know, that me and my situation, I'm like anti W2 and it just is what worked for me, but I wish I would have had someone three years ago. Tell me it's okay. Like you might just be a puzzle piece that doesn't fit. Now for me, that was the W2 life. And now, I mean, and you can see it, you said it earlier, like I have found my niche where like exactly where I believe God wanted me. And he put these situations in place, you know, lost jobs, lost jobs, lost jobs for me to finally be like, oh yeah, I guess you're trying to tell me something. So honestly, some of that uncomfortability or puzzle piece that doesn't fit and not necessarily the W2 thing, but like could be that whoever's listening to this is like, maybe you're not in the right spot and you need to be willing to go and explore what that other spot could be. I love that you said that. And just real briefly, I'll give you a real live example. My mother she is 63 years old and after COVID has had a tough time getting back into her chosen field. And she keeps saying to me, Kenny, as she calls me, Kenny, my wife and my mother, that's the only two people that call me Kenny, but John, you can call me Kenny if you want to also. We'll add you to the list. Now it's three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she says to me, Kenny, I keep praying and you know, God's not putting anything in front of me. And I, and I said, have you thought maybe God doesn't want you in that exact same career field that you've been in for 25 years? Maybe he is trying to give you a sign that you're choosing to not pay attention to. So it's again, you got to just expand your, your, your thought process. And without getting too much deeper on the spiritual side, if, if God gave us everything that we said we wanted at that point in time, then what would be the point of life? We wouldn't grow and stretch. I think we're here to stretch and grow and challenge ourselves. And God could be nudging us saying, no, you're not going to get this, or you're going to keep failing in that until you finally say stubbornly, okay, I get it now. But that's that's the kind of stuff that I love talking about. And I think, again, and I'm fine, right? I'm, I'm very open about my faith on the show. I do think it's interesting now that you say like you, what you just said, I think back to like when I was dating or in relationships and I was like, well, why are all these other people meeting someone to marry? And, and I'm not. And I think me and Val met. I was, oh, geez, I, I should remember. But I was I think I was 26, 25 years old. Right. I was I was older than most of my college friends that were meeting people. And I was like, well, I don't understand. Well, because everybody I've met or dated or whatever up until that point was not the right person. And the other piece, going back to the timing piece with your mom is I wasn't ready. You know, I joke about, I joke with Val and say like, what would have happened if we would have met when I was 22 years old? She was like, yeah, right. I would never would have dated you. And that was, God had to mold me and I had to grow and mature and things like that. But I do think, and I say this with clients, right? Sometimes you miss a house because that's not the house God has for you. There's a better house, a better situation for you. And I think whether it's a house, a relationship, what we're doing in careers, it's very, it's very true. I think for me, it's helped me redefine what faith is. And I think faith is putting your heart's intent to go serve others. Once you have a good lifestyle met, and yeah. this is that uh, enlightening or born again way to kind of look at life is, hey, 
not all of us are at that point where, where there is still struggle and trying to put food on the table. You, you, you got to have some things kept in order. And then once you can stabilize that, it's, it's allowing your life to be guided, which is what I'm doing right now. So I'm leaving it open saying, I know the closed doors are closing for a reason and the open ones are opening for a reason. I'm paying attention. And that's where I think it becomes truly magical whenever you figure all this out, but it's going to throw you some curveballs, and you're going to have some closed opportunities where you thought they were going to be new and you're going to have some surprises, but that's the beauty of the human experience. That's what I love so much about it. I love that, man. Thanks for sharing. So as we, as we kind of close out, I love asking this on each interview, go back to either when you started your career, or maybe it's when you, you know, jumped into the entrepreneurial space with thinking about the book and the podcast, and you're sitting down with yourself from X number of years ago, what is one piece of advice you would give yourself? To enjoy the ride more, to slow down. I do that yeah. so much more now, but really reflect and, and, and be in awe of this great thing called life. I think in my 20s, it was the hustle, the grind. And I think looking back at it, I was very much in that mindset of that's the American dream. Hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. I worked my 20s away. And yes, it was establishing myself and I wanted to prove that I belonged as a high school dropout and wanted to always have status. And I chased a lot of those things and they helped drive me for a good part of my life. And I wouldn't change that. But there was health challenges along the way. Could have lost my most important person in my life, which is my wife, because I wasn't always involving her in those decisions. And it was just very much, well, hey, I'm here trying to help you. Don't you understand? Deal with it. And I've learned all along the way. And now the two of us have one of the best relationships. I uh, love her to death. And we have such a great connection because I've been able to really slow down and pause. But this idea of the American dream, sometimes, John, unfortunately, it becomes the American nightmare. So I would challenge people to say, yeah. hey, what are you really going after? And one day when you look back to not have regrets, what is it you have to do now? And don't get stuck in the past and don't get over overly drawn towards the future, but everything in life happens only presently. So the only time you ever really make change other than just dumb luck or serendipity is to choose it in the present moment. So choose to make more time, choose to enjoy the ride more, choose to celebrate the wins more, choose to pause and reflect more. I do a lot of that now today, 41, but when I was 21, 25, if I'd have done more of that, then I'd probably be even better along than uh, what I am now. So that's what I would say. That's awesome. I, I love all of it, man. And that American nightmare, that's almost the mic drop, right? You go after all this <laughs> thing, you go, you go after all these things and then realize, yeah, but I've hurt the people that I loved and cared about along the way. And I think for realtors, like I said, you know, it's crazy out there, but there is this piece of like, okay, well, when are you going to like slow down, pause, take care of your body, take care, right? And do all those things. It's so important. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your time. Tell us where people can either find Ungraduated or find the podcast. Where can we kind of connect with you? So ungraduated.com is what will eventually house everything. If you go there right now, it's basically a site that says, be patient. We're reworking things. I have a great branding guy, Jeremy Allen. Shout out to him. He's doing an amazing job with my branding, with my website, but it should be done in the next week or so. For right now, the book's on Amazon. The book's available in Kindle form, audio form, hardback, paperback. So it's ungraduated, finding your why and dropping out of outdated belief systems. That's available. And the podcast is ungraduated living and learning available on all major and subsidiary levels. But the goal is to have all that housed on ungraduated.com. 
where I'm going to be building a community of people who want to continue to challenge and grow and get beyond what could be holding them back in their own minds and hearts. So that's where to go to find me. I'd point everybody to ungraduated.com as the first place, but from there on out, you'll find whatever else you want to about me. Ken, appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for your time. I know my listeners are really going to enjoy all the stuff you shared today. I certainly have a ton of notes and, and thoughts as we close this out, but I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Pleasure was mine. Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode and a huge thank you to my amazing friend, Ken Hanneman, for being such an amazing guest. Ken, thank you so much for your time. It was great having you on the show. A few of my takeaways as we kind of wrap up today, I loved how he said, what's the end all goal, right? What's the purpose? What are you trying to live for? And I I just think he also kind of went with that thought into how he is all about impacting lives and being authentic and encouraging others to be their authentic self. And I love that, man. We need to do that so much more in the world of real estate. We need to encourage that with people we interact with and our clients as well. And so I'm so thankful he shared that thought. Another question I asked him was, I asked him, you know, hey, why did you decide to do this with the podcast, with Ungraduated the book, with all these things you're doing? Why would you do this? Wouldn't it just be, you know, and he kind of talked about how, yeah, you know, it'd be really easy to, you know, go on cruise control and not really try to build anything. But he realized as well that just having a lot of money and having a successful career, which he does, is not what he wants to define him. He wants to, you know, look back and think about, you know, what have I, what have I done? What is important to me? What is purposeful? And, and, you know, another thing that he said was just how, you know, when you're comfortable, you don't grow either. And so I love that he, he shared that thought as well. You know, as we kind of closed out the episode, I asked him, what's your takeaway? Like, what would be the advice, you know, that you'd give to realtors? And then I also said to yourself as well. And I love how he said, you know, be okay being uncomfortable. And, I, you know, we talked about how, you know, a puzzle piece that doesn't fit, go against the grain and just talking about open closed doors for a reason. And I love how he shared you know, be okay being uncomfortable, be okay in the unknown, be okay just being in that space. And then he closed with, you know, I asked what what he would give his younger self, what advice? And he said, just enjoy the ride, enjoy the ride and slow down, right? So, you know, he kind of talked about how the American dream, you know, in his 20s really turned out to be an American nightmare and having regrets. So, Don't live for the American dream or American nightmare. Really live for purpose and being your best self and serving others and impacting others. Yeah, lots of great stuff in this interview. Lots of great stuff in this episode. So thankful for Ken for his time and being willing to share with you guys on this episode. Make sure you check out his book, Ungraduated, Finding Your Why and Dropping Out of Outdated Belief Systems and check out the Ungraduated Living and Learning Podcast. And check out his website where everything is now hosted at ungraduated.com. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Ken, for being an amazing guest. And I will see you guys very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.